Hey, all right, we're we're live. We're live. Okay, we're live. Hello, everybody. We're back. We're back. David will. <clears throat> so, should we just address the elephant in the room? That your name is Reese and you didn't introduce it. Oh, I'm Reese. Yeah. Um, there goes that elephant. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. We've been busy. <laughs> we lost the cord to the mic, so this might not sound great, but you know. It's all about the quality of those words, not the quality of the audio. In which they're heard. Huh? In which? Who to whom which? <laughs> They've been heard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so what It's okay, we, we can trim this. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We're, we're probably going to talk about teaching. That's at least where we're going to start. We're going to start on, uh, well, this started with a, a question that I had is how do we as Christians, uh, how do, what is the place of teaching? And by teaching, I mean, uh, commentaries, uh, mm. fellowship, uh, from, from other believers, uh, reg- out, outside of, but regarding the Bible. Mm. Um, yeah. How, how do we receive these? How do we discern? You know what what is what what is healthy? What is not? As Paul calls it, the healthy teaching. Mm. What uh, what is our attitude and response to teaching and teachers in our mm. Christian life? Mm-hmm. Is it um, a shame for me to have forgotten my Bible to not have my Bible with me while we're doing this podcast? Because that's the case. But there's a verse. In Hebrew? It's a shame, by the way. Go ahead. Oh. And it's a quote from Ezekiel, I believe, where it talks about how no one will teach someone about anything, right? Because everyone will know God from the little one to the great. Sorry, I just wanted to go ahead and throw in a little devil's advocate. Yeah, that's so contrary let's, verse let's to get them going. going here. Okay. It's, it's so got to be Hebrews, Hebrews 10. Or nine. Or eight. Eight? Uh, oh, so close. Okay, so the, yes, this is a quote. Uh, and this is actually, uh, you know, I believe this is Jeremiah. Okay. Uh, for this is the covenant that, uh, yeah, this is Jeremiah 31. For this is the covenant which I will covenant with the house of Israel after these days. I will impart their my laws into their mind. On their hearts I will inscribe them. Skipping forward. They shall by no means each teach his fellow citizen by no means by no means yeah saying know the lord for all will know me boom so let's say i take that verse and i run with it i i don't need no teachers i have the bible i've got god's law in my heart and in my mind you know what's the role of teaching i god's given me everything i need yeah uh, another excellent verse to support that thought okay. is First uh, John oh, two. He yes. says, uh, "You have an anointing from the Holy One. No All need. of you know." And then later on, he'll say, "You have no need that anyone teach you." Right. All right. So I guess we settled this podcast pretty right. quickly, boys. You don't need no teachers. So go ahead and pause or delete this podcast. Yeah, we uh, stop following us. If you we don't, do, we don't want to become your teachers. No. So my experience, <laughs> yeah, is I need someone to teach me. <laughs> okay. So what do I do with that? But don't teach me. Just tell me. <laughs> All right. No, let's seriously though. Yeah. You know, obviously those are there. I think I struggle with that because I would love to be a person that 
uh, doesn't need anyone to teach me yeah. anything. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, I think it's somewhat of a pride thing. It's like I would love to just figure it out myself. Yeah. Um, but that's not that's not my Christian experience. Mm-hmm. I think if me, if I hang out with someone who studied the Bible more than I, which is not that hard to find, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, you know what I mean. Like yeah. in, in, in Christian circles, it's like, okay, I'd love for this person to tell me, or like if they see something in the Bible, I'm like, I never saw that yeah. at all. Yeah. Or how did they get that? Like, there's, you know, I've I've had experiences like that where it's like, okay, well. Someone's going to have to teach me because yeah. it's not working for me doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with that? Well, I, one thought. We'll, we'll have to address those verses, I think. Uh, by the end, later. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to give the other side at least, the Bible does talk about teachers in the New Testament, mm-hmm. in the epistles of Paul, mm. right? God's given some as, you know, dot, 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 teachers. Yeah. Right? It's in Ephesians 4. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. It's like teaching is promoted in the Bible as well. Yeah. Right? And then you look like you got Acts there. I think right. that's a good place to go. Yeah. Like as an exam- example. Yeah. So a classic example of teaching and the need for teaching is in Acts 8. Uh, we won't read the whole story, but Philip is being led by the Lord down a road and he sees a, uh, a man in a chariot who is, uh, as Philip finds out, reading Isaiah. Uh, and, yeah. And Phil, he must be reading aloud because Philip says, do you really know the things that you are reading? Mm. And the man said, how could I unless someone guides me? And he entreated Philip to come up and sit with him. And then Philip says, uh, and then it says, beginning from this scripture... He announced Jesus as the gospel to him, and the man gets saved. Mm-hmm. So we can see that that this man uh, was already in the scriptures, but was clear, like Will said, that he was not clear. <laughs> yeah. He was he needed someone to guide him, and the Lord had arranged through the Spirit for Philip to be that person. Uh, and then, and the result of that was was ultimately salvation, but. What Philip did with the scriptures, and I think this is really important, is he brought out Jesus as the gospel. Mm. So from Isaiah, from from any passage, I you know not to jump ahead, but I think that the the mark of true teaching is it brings us to Christ uh, as the good news to us in our situation, yeah. whether that's the gospel of forgiveness or any any spe- down the spectrum of the gospel. Yeah, um, would that Christ gets applied to our situation from the scriptures through teaching. Yeah, that's, see, I, I think that's a good point, And that's a good thing that we got we have to start talking about here. Like what is proper teaching? Right. Because it, it, the point is not, you know, just find a teacher. I'm going to give a prime example, actually. I just recently, uh, actually, I don't want to say much because I don't want to expose anybody. But so, there are teachers out there who teach things from the Bible that, you know, they might, they might have some wisdom. There Mm. might be some truth. Um, but it's not the teaching that the new Testament is encouraging or emphasizing for talking about. Uh, and, and what David's talking about here, I think it's reminding of acts two, um, where, when the church starts, you know, they're, it talks about they all, you know, the Christians, they started gathering together in houses. It's like verse 42 or 46. And, 
and they're they're breaking bread and they're they're continuing steadfastly in the has it the teaching the teaching and the, the fellowship, fellowship of mm. the apostles there's there is an emphasis which the apostles of the new testament had that um ended up becoming the new testament uh it's articulated clearly in the new testament that that is that is what should be taught um so you can have teachers in your life um but the teaching we're talking about that the, the christian needs and that the new testament encourages is the new testament teaching which is the apostles teaching the ministry of the apostles which um ultimately has to do with christ has to do with the church has to do with what the bible calls the economy of god uh, god's ultimate plan uh, his plan for the universe um Anyways, I don't know. I don't know where we want to go from there. Well, one thought I had about the Ethiopian man mm. was I don't identify with him that easily. Okay. Okay. Because he wasn't saved. Hmm. So good point. And and from what I've heard is that the Christians that uh, are people that became Christians in Ethiopia to some degree were probably tracked back to him. Mm-hmm. That he after uh, he was baptized and Philip flew away or whatever <laughs> happened to Philip, uh, he goes on his way. Yeah, and then seems like he starts establishing uh, Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. You know, the church in Ethiopia, wherever I guess he went. Yeah, I mean, who's teaching him after that? I, I think that's a part that that's, that's a, a part point. that I struggle with. That that story is is I don't know. I mean, it, <clears throat> yeah, what do we do with that? Of course he maybe I mean in my head I'm saying well of course he didn't know what he was reading because he's not saved yeah mm-hmm. now he's saved yeah and Philip or the Lord felt that it was fine for him just to go yeah but who knows how long they were together maybe they were together for an extended period of time mm-hmm. but that's my thought that, that's what I'm sitting here thinking about yeah. that of just saying like oh, I don't know if I completely identify with right. this man yeah now yeah. yeah I think I think maybe the the counterpoint to that or the the other examples um paul when he would go places right mm-hmm. he'd raise up a church yeah. save people and in some of these places it was like you know he's in and out boom boom he's on a journey he's a man on a mission but he's gonna he's doing what philip right. did here yep but you have accounts of where paul visits a place that he's that he raised up you know the church there and i mean there's that i forget where it was it might have been ephesus but he like goes to uh, this house and talks all night long. <laughs> the guy falls. The guy falls off and dies. You know, but it's like, man, they were pr- they were they seemed hungry for more, or hungry for his fellowship, or hungry for his what he could add. Yeah, um, it seems they had all that they needed to come to know Jesus, to come to know the Spirit, to come to even begin a fellowship, to begin to build up the church in a sense, but. Uh, certainly they, they were open to more and received help. And I mean, that's also why all the epistles were written, right? It's like there was the need for more fellowship or the need for more teaching, um, to add to their faith, right? To add to what they already knew. Yeah. I'm sure some apostles or if people visited Ethiopia after him, right? You know, surely. yeah. Where the original guys got all the stuff from, you know, I mean, that's a mystery to me. I mean, some of them actually knew Jesus and walked them for three years. So that's that's probably a big source, huh? But yeah. Paul, like, 
Well, that's it's an interesting thing about Paul as uh-huh. the example is is after he gets saved. Yeah. In Galatians, when he's kind of given his like little mini biography, mm-hmm. it's like he was away from everyone, right? For how many? Like fourteen years or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Or, or at least away from everyone. It was like three years. He didn't and come then he to went the apostles. To, yeah, for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we? What do you do with that? You know, it's yeah. like I mean, he. I think in his example, who taught him mm-hmm. other than the Spirit? And that's kind of a point he's making in Galatians, right? Is it, the reason he brings all that out and is very specific. You know, I was not known by face uh, to the church in Jerusalem, I think he said, uh, until for, for many years. Yeah. It, is that he wanted to be clear with the Galatian believers that this was not, uh, that this was not just a, a devised religion. That, you yeah. know, that he and Peter and, and John at all hadn't sat down and said, okay, these are the things that Good we point. want you to do. And we're going to go around and this is the new religion that we've made up, that this was a genuine work of the spirit, right? right? That's why he said, this was all revealed to me apart from them. And, and he's, what he's emphasizing there is that the fact that what I said lines up with what they said and does not line up with everything that has come to you after us should be clear to you. This testimony of two different separated parties is the work of God. Yeah. And this additional thing that, you know, was the situation in the Galatian churches at the time um, was something added by man. Um, right. So, but it is interesting what you bring up, Will, that, that you know, we, we do have a lot of examples, especially in the early, in the beginning of the church, where there are people who seem to just have a, a direct revelation from God. Right. But then, like you were saying, Reese. Those people turn around and begin teaching others not to go off and have direct revelation from God, <laughs> yeah. but to go, but to, to learn of, of them. Right. You, you know, I'm just reminded as I'm speaking of, of the beginning of uh, John's first epistle. And he says, look, I, I was with the guy. I was with Jesus. I touched him. And now I'm, he's gone, but I want you to have fellowship with me and with him. So that's why I'm relaying to you yeah. what he calls the word of life uh, so that you can be brought into the same fellowship, the same communion yeah. a, as I have. So yeah. anyway, I, I honestly don't have an answer how we resolve, uh, you know, specifically what happened to Paul, but also to, you know, Peter and John and their direct experience with the Lord within them not saying, okay, everyone needs to just kind of hang out with me directly so that we can kind of have continue this secondhand yeah. chain of direct experience. But I'm going to teach you, I'm going to write the, the truth and trust in the, the, that the spirit will join the written truth yeah. to declare reality to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I like the point that you made. It's like these, Paul did not then encourage all Christians after him to go to Arabia yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Man, the Lord really showed me something. I hope he does the same for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like his, his, the point is something insane happened to me. I got knocked on my feet, scales were on my eyes and I, you know, it took me years to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you now, yep. do you want to hear? Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, and I hope you hear it someday too. And then you have this thought in, in Ephesians, this, I think it's in chapter three, where it talks about, well, there's, 
two and three. I mean, it's talking about the there's the um, the foundation of the church mm. is the revelation of the apostles and prophets in spirit. Like they conveyed this insane revelation of yeah. God's plan of what he's trying to do. Yeah. And that's the foundation. And now the church is the receptacle for this. It's now the pillar and the foundation of the truth. Like the truth is now found in the church in those that they conveyed this revelation to. And the primary way that we get that revelation or thankfully what we have is actually they wrote it down. Like we're a people of the book. Like it, what is it in Revelation 1? It's like blessed is he who reads. It's like that there's a blessing now for those who read what those apostles said. Um, but there's also the need, like the Philippian, you know, uh, or the, the Ethiopian, Ethiopian yeah. eunuch, it's like there's a need to give the sense. What does it mean? How can I understand unless someone tells me? Or like back in, in Nehemiah, right? It's like Ezra got up and he read the scriptures and then he interpreted it, gave the sense. It's like there is the need for some to interpret what the prophets have released, you know, what the apostles have spoken. Uh, and that's the function today of, of teachers. So that's what teachers should be doing is giving the sense of what the apostles were saying. I mean, Peter, right? He read some of Paul and he said, so Second Peter, confusing. man, that was a little tough. You know, he, our brother Paul is so wise. Some things yeah. people misconstrue or twist, right? right. Um, so yeah, I mean, how do you then know? How do you know what's proper teaching? Or how do you know what, you know, who's giving the sense? I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking, I, I mean, I do feel like it's helpful though, even with my questions. Because I didn't, you know, sometimes I'll ask questions that I know the answer to. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in this one, I didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm really sitting here thinking like, I, I think because I've always somewhat struggled with these questions. of Like yeah. I... I, maybe it comes from a prideful place. It's like, well, I can figure this stuff out. You know, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need a teacher. And I like, I like hang on some of those verses. Like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. But, but, uh, that, you know, whatever. That's also the case where I, I know there's the people that have seen much more than I have. Just yeah. really quick conversations. So anyways, point being, I feel like I've gotten some help here in just thinking like, yeah, there, there is, there has been somewhat of a progression. So you had the ones who had the initial vision who we would say they established or yeah, we'll just say established the teaching of the apostles mm -hmm. and uh, there hasn't been anything or there hasn't been a need for anything to be added to that. Right. It was complete. I think <laughs> at least what's been written. Yeah. And so we can hold on to that to some degree of like, well, this is my baseline and if someone's telling me something that doesn't fall in line with this, yeah, I'll just throw it out. Throw it out. Yeah. And now this person has lost my trust mm. for you know for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I mean, anyways, that's just kind of the things that are I think going through my head a little bit is realizing like there's not another Paul, there's not another John. Yeah, John and Paul had a very specific ministry. Yeah, and now maybe we do have some that have taken the role of. I don't know, whatever you'd want to call them. They have mm -hmm. gifts. They are gifts. And, but I, I don't think, I don't think that whatever gift that a person might have means that we put our minds to sleep and <laughs> yeah. our spirits to sleep and just receive blindly. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we need to continue to use the word. Um, and 
you know, I think there's, there's, I, I know I've got people that I for sure trust that I would view them as a teacher or whatever. Mm. That's like, okay, whatever you say, I'm for sure not as skeptical as I am maybe someone else that I don't know that well. Uh-huh. But I'm hopefully, and I try to equally balance it with the word. Yeah. And then also with my own prayer. But mm-hmm. I don't remember the original question that was asked. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like to some degree thinking out loud because yeah. I feel like I'm not the only one in this boat. Mm. That people that might be listening, but yeah, I think that's important to see that there has been a, a progression. Mm-hmm. When I think about, I mean, I, I don't know if we're still trying to address like the discernment of teachers or teaching, but if we are, yeah, I, I kind of have something loaded up for that. Let's go. Uh, so, you know, at the end of his ministry, Paul is, he's kind of, he, he's doing the pass off to Timothy and he's, he's. He's in essence, he's instructing Timothy on, I mean, I, this sounds bold, but how to carry on my ministry. Yeah. I, I'm going to, second <clears throat> Timothy, I'm going to be martyred and I'm leaving the dozens of churches, I think, right? Um, that I've established, I'm leaving it to you. And if at the end of second Timothy, we got Mark and Luke, Prisca and Aquila, the house of Vanessa Forrest, it's not a big crew. And so Paul is instructing Timothy, and he says, he says in 4 3, 2 Timothy 4 3, he says, Time will come when they will, they, the church, will not tolerate the healthy teaching. But according to their own lusts, their own desires, they will heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears, will turn away their ear from the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in this verse, Paul, Paul acknowledges, you know, we, we've got a big endorsement of teaching. In general, uh, that teaching is going to happen in the church, whether or not it is healthy is the the question that he has for Timothy, and that he wants Timothy to to discern as he takes over, kind of you know guiding the churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that at another point he calls it the the healthy teaching in uh, earlier in Second Timothy, Second Timothy one maybe thirteen, um, but. Uh, there, there's this thought that a quality of a good teaching or a good teacher is that this word brings health to our Christian life. Yeah. It stimulates the growth in us and it causes us to love the Lord. Yeah. Um, and, and there's also the danger of desiring teaching according to our own preferences. He talks about mm-hmm. heaping up teachers according to your lust, your desire. Yeah. So we have to be careful when we are receiving teaching. I think what Will said was really good there, that it meets this standard of it fits what we've seen in the word. It, it, our, our spirit agrees with it because like we said at the beginning, and I think we're coming back towards those verses now we, within us, we have an anointing first John two yeah. and, and that the law has been inscribed. We know our God. We know him inwardly so that what is within us does not disagree with what we're hearing from outside of us and rather agrees and yeah. confirms this is good. This causes, this causes my spirit to be full of life and grow um, versus this fits with what I want. This, mm. this teaching tells me what I want to hear, what fits my natural disposition. So... Um, the, the 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 proper teaching will not always make us happy 
<laughs> but it will always bring us joy. I think that's a good point because I can't tell you how many times I have thought I saw something and I was happy and excited about it and I told someone and they gently corrected me. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I really thought I had some inspiration there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember one time I was, I was reading the story of uh, uh, Jesus crying. Yeah. And when I was reading it, actually I was in a, I was in a sermon and the preacher was preaching and I started just kind of reading my own. And I thought like, oh, Jesus is crying because he's happy. That was like something that just came up on me was that I was like, oh yeah, well what Mary said was right. We're in John 11 and you said Jesus was happy. Yeah, because okay, cool. it, it was like, even though it clearly says right. he's not. Yeah. But hearing what Mary, I'm like, well, why would he be upset? Because Mary said the right thing. Like she said, yeah, I know. He's going to rise. the resurrection the day, yeah. He's going to rise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he was crying because she believed him. And I got really excited about it. I mean, like, you know, I was like, I've got inspiration. This is the Lord. Like, wow, you were so happy. Yeah. It, you know, whatever. That's obviously me having a bad reading level as well. But <laughs> it's like I, I brought that up to someone. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And then they corrected me. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, great. I was totally yeah. off. But I was so excited. I yeah. mean, and that's happened a number of times. I could probably tell so many stories. It's yeah. Like I get so happy, but... It doesn't equal healthy. Mm. Right. It's not always healthy teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that point right there, that's another huge aspect when it comes to proper teaching. The Lord did not like ordain this kind of like individualistic pursuit or even the glorification of one man. It was all about the communal learning. Like God wanted a church, you know, which is people who are together coming to know God, coming to know this one, together as brothers, right? That's another classic verse that would also be like a big wrench in this whole thing is Jesus says, right, in Matthew, uh, none, nobody should be your teacher. There, you right. only have one teacher and you're all brothers, right? Uh, it says two things. No, no one's your father, no one's your teacher. And it's like the point being made there is that he has leveled the playing field and we're all brothers, and as a community, we're going to come to know our teacher, Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which helps us when we are off, right? And we are going this way or that way. And then Paul explicitly says, you know, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? If anyone thinks he knows anything, he has not yet come to know as he ought to know. That's First Corinthians 8. So it's like the whole point is not you getting on to Good some point. special teaching, like some new insight, because if you did that, then you would be happy, you'd be proud, you would divide the church, you would create your own ministry, and nothing's being built up that's of God. But the whole point is, we as a group of Jesus followers and under our teacher Jesus are receiving revelation. And so 1 Corinthians 14 talks about what a church meeting looks like. It's, hey, like if anyone gets a revelation, stand up and speak. And if someone has some anointing or something from the spirit while that person's speaking, they should sit down and the other person should stand up and speak. And the whole thought is as a community, we're going to uh, reveal what God has for us based on the scriptures here, based on this apostles teaching. Mm -hmm. And what does that manifest? It doesn't manifest. Wow. That's a great teacher. It's someone walks in and they're like, God is among them. That's exactly right. (laughs) No man is being exalted in that situation. It's man. God is here. It's not, man, that pastor is 
awesome. That pastor is so why like not saying we don't need these gifts that can even that can speak longer potentially, but it's like that's not the point. The yeah. point is God has commissioned the church to be the the, the ones that have the the truth, not that's, a person, the church, <clears throat> church, you know. That's such a good point because I can't I can't, I mean I wonder how many of us if we invite someone to church, you know, or to our meetings, which yeah. I feel like that's like the easy way to preach the gospel. It's like, yeah. I invite my friend to church. It's like, how many times do we expect them to have the response that's in first Corinthians mm-hmm. rather than most of the time it's like, well, I wonder what they thought of the music, <laughs> you know, yeah. or I hope it didn't, I hope it didn't distract them or I hope they didn't think it was lame, you know, or whatever it might be. Or it's the same with the preacher. It's like, uh-huh. Oh, I really hope they like him. <laughs> or whoever's speaking you yeah. know it's like oh, it's either I hope they like him or I hope they didn't not like him enough to never come back <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. that's always my concept too it's never like even in my thoughts or my prayers or my considerations very few times it's I hope these people see God among us mm. I'm always thinking of the other little aspects of it yeah that just shows how off <laughs> you know like yeah. what the community is supposed to be mm-hmm. amen yeah. So this kind of comes back to the point uh, that we were making at the beginning. So how, how do we address the, the two verses we cited? There are a number of others. Um, the two we cited, you know, 1 John 2, 20, 20 and 27 was what I read. And then Hebrews 8, 10 and 11 yeah. uh, about the new covenant. How do we resolve that with these questions of, of teaching, which is obviously also revealed? The, the answer is that within us is the teacher, capital mm. T, mm-hmm. within all of us. And so we do not need uh, someone outside of us to declare something that we could never know. But we also recognize that the Lord is using different ones at different times to speak. through. So in this way, he speaks through the body. And, and those verses in 1 Corinthians 14, if one is speaking and something else is revealed to another one, then that one should speak and the other should sit, should sit down. Yeah. That's wonderful. But it also, underlying that, it recognizes that we need the, the members of our congregation, of our church, to, to reveal the entire revelation of God to us. Mm-hmm. It didn't say that and one will have all of the answers. Hmm. Yeah. It said that, Whoever to whomever it is revealed, so uh, yeah. So you know, I, and I'm I've been really helped by that. Just as we've been talking through this podcast and preparing for it, that always has helped, felt like a bit of a procedural note. Like, don't have twenty five <laughs> people standing in the meeting at the same time. But <laughs> yeah. but it, it, Paul is telling us that even Paul who who will go as far as to say that his gospel will be what God is judging others against in Romans, maybe one, maybe two. Uh, Even Paul would say it will be revealed one and then it will reveal to another. And we need both of those and all the rest of the the members Mm -hmm. because all of them have the anointing from within. We saw in first John, all of them know their God as we saw in Hebrews eight and that knowing that Will has and that Reese has is part of a revelation that I need. And then there's a, a <clears throat> knowing that's within me that needs to come to, to them. Yeah. And that is that kind of collective mm-hmm. 
is how the the full the, the full counsel of God, as they say, hmm. the full apostles' teaching is known to us, um, not through any one member, but through all the members. So this is God's way. Yeah. And I would just add, this is just kind of like a sad, or not sad, but a, <laughs> it, just like a, a side note, I guess, for how you might interpret those verses sure. too. Like the Hebrews one talks about knowing God. Right. No one needs to teach you about who God is because you know God inwardly. He's within. And the anointing verses seems to be talking about like what to do, where to go. Mm. Or like It's like in these matters, like we should come to the Lord directly. We don't come for teaching for that. But so like it's a particular kind of teaching that we don't need. We don't need to be taught, you know, about who God is because he's apart from mm. us. You know, like we can know him personally, uh, subjectively, mm. at, like just like we know a person. Um, but when it comes to his plan, his will, what mm. he wants to accomplish or the adding to what we already know about his will, his pan, plan, his purpose, what his desire is. Uh, there definitely is a need. And actually, we know God, yes, but there are things about him that maybe someone knows more than me. Like, I might know God's, you know, his care for you in your hard time, or like his care for you even to take care of your needs, like, and, and things, like, so that you have know, built up my faith. But this person might know something deeply about God's mercy upon sinners, you know? And it's like, there's aspects of God that you might be short in that other people would know. But anyways, it's just like, yes, in a sense, we can know God firsthand, but there's a huge need to know what others know of him and his yeah. plan and purpose too. Um, I don't know. I'm just considering like what, how exactly he would address those verses. Yeah. I think that's good. No? That's... Well, I, I was just going to read one verse, and it might be a good conclusion, though it feels selfish to declare myself the conclusion. No, go ahead. So, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I, in, complete. 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 Complete the podcast. In Ephesians 3, Paul's yeah. prayer for us, ah. uh, we are, we are, often we are familiar with being strengthened to the inner man. Yeah. And that's wonderful. We should do that. But he goes on to say that you being rooted and grounded in love may be full of strength to apprehend... Mm. With all the saints. With all the saints. What the breadth and the length and the height and the depth are, and to know the knowledge surpassing love of Christ. So this prayer of the apostle, I think, so nicely encapsulates both sides, both aspects of what we're talking about here. Personally, we must be strengthened into our inner man to know to know the Lord that Christ may personally make his home in our heart. Yeah. But when we come together as the church is when we can know, know something that, by definition, passes knowledge, passes understanding. <laughs> yeah. And, the, praise the Lord. This is what, this is how the Lord is choosing to reveal himself personally and corporately mm. together. Amen. Amen. So should we end with singing, it passeth knowledge? Is that what you wanted to do for us? It passes knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. That's good for now. Yep. Anything? <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, everybody.